My name is Julie Kraft and I have bipolar 2 disorder. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with bipolar 2 disorder. I was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 36. I was told of my diagnosis and I remember being relieved but also terrified. I know um, the perceptions and the stigma that goes along with it. I started sharing my story about four or five years ago. I decided to come forward and start sharing. It's led to me meeting the most amazing people walking the same path. So we had talked about collaborating. My greatest hope is that others will hear our stories and feel less alone. We can offer insight and give the world a real life living example of what bipolar disorder can look like. This is bipolar. This is Bipolar. Hi everybody. Hello. Welcome to our next episode. Um, we're really excited and nervous as per usual um, to talk today um, all things hypomania and um, we'll touch a little bit on mania. Before we get started and into our life experience about it, um, I would love for Julie, she's going to read the medical definition and then we want to break that down for you and show you what that looks like in actual lives. So Julie, would you read that? All right. I am by no means a doctor or a psychiatrist or a professional, which is why I'm going um, right to the web for the official um, definition. So um, we are talking about bipolar disorder and Shaylee and I both have bipolar too. Um, and one of the defining features of bipolar is mania. And so um, there is bipolar one and bipolar two. And so bipolar one, um, people with that disorder will experience mania and bipolar two experiences hypomania. So I'm going to read the definition for both. And then we are going to discuss our own um, personal experiences, our lived experience. So mania, mania is more than just having extra energy to burn. It's a mood disturbance that makes you abnormally energized, both physically and mentally. Mania can be severe enough to require you to be hospitalized. Mania occurs in people with bipolar one disorder. In, main, in many cases, in mania, my mind is already on mania. In many cases of bipolar one, manic episodes alternate with periods of depression. However, people with bipolar one don't always have depressive episodes. So that's a quick snippet on mania and now switching to hypomania, which is less severe. Um, hypomania is a milder form of mania. If you're experiencing hypomania, your energy level is higher than normal, but it's not as extreme as in mania. Other people will notice if you have hypomania. It causes problems in your life, but not to the extent that mania can. If you have hypomania, you won't need to be hospitalized for it. People with bipolar 2 disorder may experience hypomania that alternates with depression. And, you know, once again, these are definitions taken off the web, but I think for anyone, well, for anyone that has bipolar disorder, our experiences are so different. And anyone that doesn't have bipolar, I know it's often hard for them to understand what mania or hypomania um, can actually look like and how it can manifest in someone's life. So hopefully today, Shaylee and I are going to be able to shed a little bit more insight and light on um, hypomania. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of the things too, and I don't mention it a lot because I'm just learning 
And I feel like I have, am so overwhelmed with learning so much and growing within um, my disorder that I know there's a few other ones like cyclomania. I just don't know enough to, to speak to, to those. So that's why we're kind of focusing on both. And what we wanted to do so that we didn't talk for three hours right. <laughs> is that we're today we want to break down the to the good parts because there are for us with hypomania absolutely other people have different experiences um and our next episode we're going to talk about the terrible part about it right um, and the spiral and the crash and that kind of thing so don't please don't think we're trying to romanticize and think mania is just incredible we just want to talk about that part and how it affects our life and give a lot of insight into that and then separate it into another episode where we talk about the other side right yeah and I think also let me cut you up um I think it's important too for us to each share what hypomania actually looks like in our lives because it is so different for other people. And when I was being diagnosed, me describing everything to the psychiatrist, including, you know, my periods of time where I did feel increased energy, that was, I do truly believe that was what helped me to get an accurate diagnosis. And so because mania is the one, one of the most defining features of bipolar, I think the greater understanding or insight we can give on this, it might help um, someone listening today or watching today, it might help them identify, oh, I never thought of it that way, but that might actually be what mania or hypomania looks like in my life. So yeah, 100%. And honestly, I think that's why it took so long for me to get a diagnosis, because the de depression was so bad that um, I didn't think of the hypomania as being a bad thing and I just thought it was me because I know we've talked about before baselines right yeah, and absolutely. different people have different baselines so if you have a lower baseline then your hypomania which isn't full-blown um, might not look um, bizarre or over the top to other people but if your people know you like your close yeah. circle they'll know that that's actually high for you I I'm normally on a high frequency to so mine's I, I would think that it's um, a little bit more noticeable to people um, in my close circle but not so much with like when we explain this you might think oh I felt that before but let us say it's to the extreme yeah right yeah. it's to when we're, we're going to explain next like how it feels in our body and how um, you know, what we've done during episodes and stories like that, but please keep in mind that this, it, the intensity of it, we realize, like, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have full-blown mania because hypomania yeah. feels so intense to me. So yes, tell your doctor that, um, because all like mental health disorders so overlap so much. Yeah. And that, I think that's the one thing that prevented because I didn't, I was like, I'm depressed and this is regular Shaylee, right? I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Julie, I would love to start because mania um, uh, and bipolar, it's a brain disorder, but what I want people to understand how it affects our entire bodies um, during these times, because I think we can, um, you know, think it's all up here. 
but I know for me, and I'm excited to hear um, about you, like what are some of the things that you feel in your body or the changes that make you aware? Do you have signs or does it just hit you? Tell me all the things. All the things. Well, it definitely hits me in almost every um, area in my life. Um, and for me, it's in a lot of the best possible ways. So I'm actually, people find this hard to believe, but I'm on the shyer side and I'm also an introvert. And so I can clearly notice when um, my hypomania kicks in that I am more social than normal. Um, I'm usually someone that likes to hide away and be anonymous in stores. And so I don't have um, the confidence to step into say a higher end store, but when I am hypomania or hypomanic, um, I feel confidence like I never feel before. And whether it's to strike up a conversation with a stranger in the street, um, whether it's to reach out to people for coffee dates, um, put myself um, out online more, on social media more. I don't struggle to get back to people, whether it's by text or email. Um, and I think so, uh, so much of the time I don't feel that, that when I do feel it, it is exhilarating. I want to bottle it up for all those days when I don't feel that confident. And you really do. I describe it as sort of, you know, walking 55,000 feet above the clouds. Um, you know, the sun is shining. Um, you just feel like, and it teeters. You have to be really careful because it does teeter on, you know, almost being narcissistic. But I think for me, it's just like, the world is amazing, rainbows and sunshine, I'm more confident driving. Um, so it really does touch on every area of my life, right down to what I wear. And I joke about having two sides of my closet. Um, one you can clearly see would be what I wear when I am feeling good. And there's a lot of leopard, there's a lot of sparkle and gold and bold patterns. And I wore, you know, my wing shirt today, I've got my bracelets. Um, and so I definitely, even in the way I dress, you can tell, and I'll be bolder and braver and just, you know, so those parts of hypomania for me, um, that explains why it's my favorite part of having bipolar. But as you said, there are two sides, but we're focusing on, on the great side. So, um, as far as how I feel and act physically, um, those are a few of the things that I experience. Now, of course, I'm going to throw the same question back at you. Mm -hmm. um, what do you, how do you feel and how, how does hypomania look like yeah. on you? <laughs> yeah. If you've heard episodes before, you know that I have a very um, cyclical, so I can almost like know the month. I didn't, it took me a lot of years to figure that out. But um, so uh literally there isn't a huge warning i wake up and i just uh, the only uh, my brain is on fire it's just like you wake up running i feel like the you know uh, one of those track you know when the track stars down and their foot's on the thing or whatever i don't know i'm not exercising but <laughs> i can when they shoot off it's yeah. like immediately and i just know i'm just like okay and I can, like, I jump out of bed and sometimes it's early. Um, I think too, maybe what we'll touch on after I explain this is pre-medication versus medication because Julie and I have chosen to go on medication right. and how that changed it. Um, but pre-medication, it, yeah, 
Like I don't need much sleep. Um, I talk really fast and there's like breaks, uh, like parts I miss because my mind's moving so fast. I thought mm -hmm. I explained everything. And like my husband would have, will have to say, skip to part or rewind or not getting the connection um, <laughs> because of that. But like you said too, the ideas um, just come and uh, like, like you, I'm a creative person um, anyways, but it's the amount of ideas I have and I notice um, they're not sequential. So I, like I'm an event planner, you would think that I would be like, do, do, do. And I do all those things, but I, I don't do it in how I would imagine um, mm -hmm. some other people do it, right? Like in order or whatever, I'm here and here and everything gets done. And it's usually, usually I pull it off um, to my own detriment next episode. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just wild. And um, unlike you, I think mine is sometimes a little harder for the people around me because I am an extrovert and I am like, uh, I am like that. Like I have to be around, even when I've been in my deepest depression and I'm numb, I still surround, like I still went out even though it wasn't fun. I still did those things, but I'll look and I'll have like ideas or I'll see, I, I just see beauty and everything or I'll see something and I'll be like, I have to tell this person because it reminded me of them. And I like, you know, when people, they show on uh, movies or, or people felt it when they're like drunk and they're like, I love you, man. <laughs> I like it like that about everyone. I'm like, you mean so much to me. So <laughs> I will look back and I, can have upwards to like 20 to 50 texts or messages mm -hmm. and my friends can tell and I tell them now like don't feel like you have to respond but also and I have a question about you for this is the intensity so um I can't stop myself right like it seems like oh slow down take deep breaths or whatever it actually seems like impossible to and you just want, I can't explain, I can't explain how, it, how intense it feels and how urgent, like that message, yes. I'll like pull over to send Me too. about something because one, I'm afraid I'll lose it. The yeah. thought, and two, it just seems like if it doesn't happen now, there's like impending doom, like something will happen or it's so stuck in my body and it'll just whirl that I have to get it out to be able to cope with the next thought. Yeah. But I'm curious about your thought process. Like, do things feel urgent and catastrophic and intense? Yes. And I actually have been driving down the road and pulled over because I think I've experienced so many times when I've gone months and months and months when, um, you know, and I know we've talked about this, when words are hard, um, you know, thoughts don't flow so easily. So when they do, there is definitely a sense of almost panic. I've got to get this out, whether it's write it out or just, you know, blurt it out into my phone because that could be gone. And I think you're so much more aware when you don't always have that creativity. And so um, for me, when I was writing my memoir, I would literally sit down and in one night, like three chapters would just pour out of me mm -hmm. effortlessly. And 
you know, we're going to talk about next episode when you write all through the night, although it's fantastic that you've been productive. Yeah. There are definitely repercussions to that. But in terms of, you know, as an artist and a writer, it is just boom, bam, or I will whip out a painting in a couple hours and my husband will be like, how did you do that? And I'll say, I have no idea. And I'll also say, I have no idea if I will ever be able to do that again. So, you know, I kind of joke, I'm, I'm kind of one hit wonder when it comes to certain things. So I think because it's not constant and that energy does come and go. And unlike you, I cannot predict it at all. And so I think that even intensifies the urgency for me because there's no guarantee in my mind that I will ever feel that creative again. And so when that hits, um, I gotta go, I gotta hit the ground running. The starting gun fires and I'm like, go, 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 go. So it's fantastic when you're a creative person, um, if you're self-aware and and it can be harnessed um, in the right ways. And I absolutely think it can, which is why Mm -hmm. I'm excited to do this episode because I do think Hypomania often gets only a negative rap, um, but I'm I'm thrilled to be able to focus on some of the positives, um, you know, very carefully, mind you, but just some of the positives because I do think having bipolar has a positive side. Yeah, and I know I need to be really careful when I say that too. But in my experience, in my life, in order to um, you know, make sense and purpose of having bipolar, um, I do choose to focus on some of those positive aspects. So mm-hmm. as a creative, um, definitely, um, it is like, I think we've talked about it. Uh, oftentimes people liken it to rocket fuel. So um, that's how it manifests as a creative with ideas yeah. and often a flurry of ideas that yes, get them out and make the most of them. Yeah, and I think you touched on something that um, just strikes such a chord with me is that um, the whole idea of you don't know. And even though I knew that it would come back, I never knew, uh, you know, like even though I knew yeah. when I was in all of this, I couldn't, I was just dealing with it. So I couldn't sort that out. I didn't have hindsight, yeah. right? And so um, the same, I felt like I had to fit, it felt panicky because I had to fit everything in those months or I had to, you know, because it, there's like impending doom, right? Like I just, all of those things. And and the thing is too, um, you don't always realize there's something wrong because you get compliments, right? Like, oh my goodness, you have so much energy or how do you get all those things done? Or how are you in that many clubs or groups and I'm usually running them? Yeah. I, I ran a um, community mother's group um, just because I wanted to hang out with more people and not always be home with my kids. I wanted to be out. Um, I gave birth to my second on a Saturday and I did, this is going to age me because it was cool. <laughs> I, on the Wednesday, I ran the group and we did like a scrapbooking session. There's probably like 20 women there with my three, like three day old baby. And, and it doesn't like, it takes a while for me before the second part, the, the, the crash or the other part that we're going to talk about. Um, so I don't have like, people are like, 
you know, watch for warning signals. And I don't know if that's because I'm not self-aware, but I think I, I am now. But um, pre-medication, I, I, I wasn't self-aware. And because of, to me, the urgency was more, I was like, oh, I'll deal with the crash later, right? Like, it's, it's just all you can see for me, like a racehorse, like what's right in front of me in that moment. And I can't think about consequences, right? Yeah. Also, I make really fast decisions, but what someone wouldn't know is that um, I have thought through those, but I have to make a quick one because because uh, it's exhausting thinking about it. So I'd rather just make like a quick decision and if it's wrong, deal with it later. And I'd rather like when I, I, I rarely, except for maybe recipes, cause I know that's gone wrong. I rarely read instructions. They're so overwhelming to me. I'm like, I'll just try and put this together and you know, we'll see. And I just think to myself, like you would save yourself so much time if you just, but I just can't like small print. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't, I can't do that. I can barely sit still, but yeah, you mentioned your book. So I want to, and you have two, and I want you to talk more about those and what it was like in the night or what it was, you know, what prompted you or how you felt when you were, when you were writing the book. And then, cause I'd love to share some of my creative projects and how I felt and was able to complete them because I feel like sometimes it's a myth. Um, some people, like you said, all different experiences with bipolar that you don't finish things. Right. right? And also I think, um, uh, I'm also aware of that even more now. So uh, sometimes I should leave things, but I finish them because I don't want to be a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. So tell me like, how long did your book take to write? Like, what was that like for you? Daily life, the intensity, how did you feel about the book? Well, the book took me four long years. There were many periods of hypomania and then, you know, life got really busy. We moved across the world and then back while I was writing and I do or did have the nickname. I was the queen of many starts, but not a lot of finishes. And so, you know, I even had someone across from me say, you finished your book. Is that the first thing you finished? <laughs> And, you know, I was a little bit offended, but there was definitely some truth to that. But it did take me four years. I had those bursts where sometimes the chapters came, but you touched on something very important. Um, I think, at least for me, all of my energy in that rocket fuel has always been poured into projects that I've felt passionate about, um, that I thought would, you know, help others or change the world. So, you know, I think that even fueled me. Um, I think that fueled me even more, but, you know, I was very, very focused and, you know, there were software crashes in there when I, you know, thought, oh my goodness, I am never going to finish this, but um, I did feel very passionate and, you know, then I really did go through a blip after I published and they sort of talk about that creative crash when you've finished a project, there's sort of that lull when you've had such a focus and a passion for so long and it finally is released into the world. You've dedicated so much time and energy. There was a bit of a blah. So I was a little bit braced for that, but not entirely. And then, you know, I was once asked, do you think you start a project and then your hypomania kicks in to carry you through? Or, you do, think, or do you think hypomania hits and then you start a project? 
And I kind of think for me, it was a bit of both. And um, I got a wind of energy and started my children's book. And that took me a year and a half. Um, and then once again, lots of breaks in there, lots of things happening, um, you know, with my family and my kids, but boy, did it ever feel good to publish that. So to be able to say I've started and finished um, two books, it still seems surreal. Um, I can't believe it at, at times, but it, it makes sense of that energy and that creativity. And to me, I really do feel like I was able to bring something really positive out of that um, into the world. And yeah. the same goes for some of the events that I was a part of. Now, it doesn't mean they didn't come at a cost to some of the people around me. I know we're not going to touch on that right now, but um, it's hard, like, right? yeah, it is. It is so hard. And we, we talked and planned for this episode a lot. And we, you know, we wanted to be really careful about what you had mentioned, not romanticizing it or, you know, making it all seem like roses. But um, as far as the process of writing my books and seeing them come to fruition, that's a little peek inside of what that journey looked like for me. Yeah. You mentioned something. Um, would you describe like because there's kind of this myth that we're always all over the place, mm -hmm. right? But I think what people don't understand is the, that either or, like that's why I love this idea of both and. It's really freed me because like bipolar, think about two and opposite, like, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so that focus, I, it's, the more I read about it, it's hyper-focused, like it's not, yeah. Uh, for lack of a better word, an average way to do things, or I don't like the word normal, but I don't have another word for it. Yeah. Um, the hyper focus, like it's like laser and you know, that's all, all you can do. And you mentioned, so would you consider yours like hyper focus, like a lot of hours at the same time, all or nothing? All or nothing and at all expenses. And I know you talked about laser focus going forward, but I think there was no ceiling. I think there's a quote or something, you know, the, the sky's the limit, how limiting. Um, I think when it comes to a lot of bipolar minds, when they are, you know, on fire, um, the ideas go beyond your wildest imagination, which is why I think there are so many amazing contributions that have in the art world, the science world, like creative poetry and books, because we think way outside the box. So thinking way outside the box in the most creative ways and then hyper-focus, I mean, if done in a healthy and self-aware way, wow, I just say like, we add color and sparkle and you know our minds and our you know creativity the world needs needs yeah. that so. yeah i think what uh too i don't know if you've had this it sounds like your projects like you've done some on your own well i'm a collaborator like i need people and i also need like as soon as i can just get one person on board then I, I then I fly even more right especially now that I'm more self-aware and on medication but that I love that quote that you said because it's it's true I would remember and a lot of times it takes a lot of trust of the people you work with because I was told many many times that is not going to work that is too hard that is too big bring it down and I 
am so determined, like I can get that done. Um, and I'm not saying like when I talk about these events, I either had teams or partners or, or whatever, but I'm just going to talk about, about my experience. Um, and when some of the biggest things that I've done are when I have like a, a team or just that one person that believes in me and is yeah. like, I don't see that. Or, you know, or they know me and they're like, well, she pulled that off. So maybe. And another thing, like, I rarely do, um, that's why I don't do weddings or things like that, because I rarely do the same kind of event twice, which would probably be a lot easier, but it's boring. Like I just get bored so easily. Like I, when I'm, I'm a huge reader, like I read a lot and I read fast, but when I'm at full blown, like my hypo, my highest, my hypomanic, I cannot read. I can't read. I can't sit down. I can barely do a magazine. We'll start shows. It's so frustrating for my husband. And then I'm bored or I'm doing something else or, or whatever. Uh, I just, I just can't. And so one of the big, I can think of two really big ones I've did, but one, um, I did a lot. One even was post, um, medication because my medication that I'm on, um, it seems to have like, really almost taken away and I feel weird saying that um the major depression or the depressive episodes I get regular um but they're more situational they're not like ongoing for no reason right and I get dips but I don't they're not severe right whereas before I would get you know we've talked about it in previous episodes so like so severe um depressions that you know, I could, I functioned on, you know, my lowest level. And so, um, yeah, but I don't know now it's not as cyclical and I don't know. I still get hypomania, muted hypomania, but still hypomania. And so this, um, I'm going to tell you a story. So I'm in, I'm in this group, this mom's group or this other is kind of, um, intertwined with different church groups and such. And so, um, the, other group which was more like bible study women's group they wanted to do like this uh fun and uh funny fashion show right but they wanted to do um like funny like oh look at this woman she's wearing 10 karat gold and they wanted to hang like 10 carats and um things like that and i did i had been having a vision for about um and i don't mean vision like seeing things but i mean like an idea um to have a, a a fashion show but with a purpose right like I didn't want to do I wanted to do something that was going to raise money for something important and I wanted to do something that was inclusive and diverse and I had this big idea but I never had anybody that um you know believed in it or that I felt that I could share the idea with and so when they wanted to do this little one I was like oh well maybe this is it. Maybe I'm not supposed to, to do this big one. And so they asked me and I agreed. And then I sent out the email and I was like, boom, boom, this is my ideas. And I started, who wants to be in this team and this team, and I'm going to need social media. I'm going to need this. And, um, an hour after I sent it, I knew, I knew I was like, no, like it's not supposed to be this. And, um, I felt like if we did that one, that mine would be like, my idea wouldn't happen 
because it wouldn't do yeah. the same thing for a while. And I like couldn't sleep. I stressed, but then my big thing was letting people down because yeah. I also um, really like, I think we all do like to look good. And these were new women I hadn't worked with and they had said, you know, they were excited to work with me. They were, you know, and I just sent out this huge email. How do I say, actually, I can't do this. And I really don't think you guys should do this. Put this on hold. There's something else here. Oh, yeah. And I was up all night and I was going back and forth. I was crying. Like, it reminds me I always like it, that idea of in the Bible, like the gnashing of teeth. Like I just wrestle and I'm like, how could I let them down? And what an idiot. And am I even, and I second guess myself and on and on and on, but I can't, and I need to talk to them. I can't just send a second email. I need to talk to the leader. Right. But I can't call till the morning. You can't call them in the middle of the night. And it felt so immediate. And I paced and it was awful. Oh. Um, and like, I just, it felt like the end of the world. And I like literally waited and I knew she had kids and I'm like, what is the earliest she would be up? <laughs> and I had to call and I knew it could have waited a couple hours, but I was like, no, I have to, I have to, before it goes any further yeah. or anybody puts. And I was just like, and she knew me a bit, but she didn't know me that well. And I could hear in her voice that, um, you know, like that I was, you know, dramatic. Yes, I was dramatic. I was, um, yeah, I was just like, we cannot do this. Please trust me. There's something else. Uh, luckily in the, um, uh, I'm a woman of faith and in the church world, sometimes you can, <laughs> and I felt this way at the time, but sometimes people, you know, are my, more likely to trust in things they can't see. So, yeah. um, you know, kind of like, I was like, I feel like this is like a God thing. Like, I feel like this is, I'm meant to do this. Can you please? Um, and because hers was like an afternoon and small and like they could, they had other topics and things they could do. I'm like, can you just hold off on that? And I can see if this comes to fruition in the next yeah. year or two. And did it, did it? What ended up happening? Yeah. So then I partnered with this friend came into my life right actually when I got really sick. We like met the week I ended up in the hospital and she just like accepted me how I was and we just clicked and cared about the same things and she had that drive too and um, we had run this mom's group together and done events and and stuff and and we pulled off so we wanted to do what's called runway to freedom and we wanted to raise money for human trafficking organizations and um it became huge. I had this idea in my mind of 200 women coming. And that was big for, for an event at our church. And um, I wanted uh, everyday women. I didn't want models. I wanted everyday women. I wanted people Yay. from the smallest size up to we had size 26. I wanted, Perfect. you know, we had this celebration of diversity in it where women wore their cultural um, clothing, right? We had um, indigenous clothing and, um, you know, Japanese and uh, their, their traditional clothes that they wanted to wear. And, but literally we had three months and we had something like, 60 at least models right I had to figure out working with businesses that how fun sustainable I couldn't just go to any business I had to make sure that they weren't um using uh unfair and unjust practices and we had this much budget right so we had to also try and get everything donated 
And so we, um, and we had to do it in three months. So it was like pretty much like planning 60 weddings. Wow. Full time. And I wanted it. I strive for excellence. I won't say I'm a perfectionist because I turned it, I'm turning it into a positive. I strive for excellence. And so, yeah, friend, it, there 600 people came all over the community. Yeah. Amazing. Raised not like almost $10,000. And yeah, I wore a like a what gown. did you wear? I, I hope a, you walked the runway. I wore a gown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I would have, and there were so many things that went wrong and on the way. And I think if I didn't have, you know, that hypomania or that hyper focus, I don't, I would have given up yep. a long time ago. And I would have, I would have kept it small or I would have, you know, played small or not done that um luckily that friend believed in the vision and just having one person that believed in me but I had to I I, you know I had people that had put me in a box and was like she's wild like I also was representing the church and having the money and um unfortunately women's events um this specific church weren't funded well um and so yeah like it would have if we just had the budget and I could have went out and paid people it probably would have saved me a month's worth of work right but yeah and the event was like a ten thousand dollar event and we had like a three thousand dollar budget so you can imagine how much time we went around asking wow anyways I'm going on and on about it because it's one of my yeah one one accomplishment and then also working with she loves magazine doing some very different um, events and mine the thing is like some people are like oh well you know if I'm like oh I need something like that they're like well plan my birthday party and if it's someone I totally love I can do that yeah. but I think it has to be something I'm completely passionate about yeah. it has to have like I'm very social justice oriented and so it has to it isn't an event to be an event like yeah. it has to have this meaning behind it. And if I don't have that and I don't believe in the purpose, I yeah. literally can't get it together to do it. I, yeah. I, just, I just can't. So that's why I always like, don't say I'm in a, I kind of like, oh, I event plan on the side. <laughs> I don't call myself a true event planner because I don't work that way. And so that was one of the big things, like, you know, you had your books, I had um, certain events I've done. And I think you touched on something. I'd love you to talk about a little bit more how that felt. Um, and then I'd love to read some of our community, how they've explained oh, yes. their mania. Um, I, that you called it almost narcissism. And you said it the other day and I was like, oh, I know. Like, oh, but explain um, mm. what you mean by that. What I took it as is you have the ha- height of ideas. But for me, I also think they're the best ideas. And I also think that they need to be done the way that I think they need to be done because I think so fast I've thought through thought through the pros and cons so I'm very quick to dismiss some people's ideas because I'm like oh I already thought of that and I thought about what could go wrong but I that doesn't yeah so explain what you mean by that and how you know that manifests and I know that's going a little bit into the negative stuff so we will touch a little bit more on that but how you feel maybe the good thoughts in your head like I legit think that I can single-handedly change the world the world (laughs) problems 
it's it's all the things you described too. Just you know, when you are so passionate about something and you're a perfection or strive for excellence, <laughs> and I will say it, I am a bit controlling. I mean, all of that mixed together, and you just believe that you are the person, the best person, and mix in like like a million pounds of self confidence and feeling great, and then throw on leopard, and you've got the recipe for, you know, it can easily, easily go into being over the top. And then, you know, when I was focused on things, I was focused on me and my project and what I wanted to do and I wanted to work on it. So there were definitely blinders to other people, other responsibilities. And so I think that's what I mean when I use the term, um, narcissism. And I know that that is actually one of the symptoms of, I think both mania and hypomania, but yeah, I think that word lightly or adjective, um, we're actually talking about, um, things that it's, it's defined as. Yeah. And I, all of the things, but the, the, yeah, just that it's all about, all about us at all, like, yeah. And, and we'll go into it in the next episode that can easily flip and go sideways yeah or downhill very fast but um we're we're gonna get right into that the nitty-gritty and and like i'm a little nervous because that's why this episode it's been really hard and we said you know stick to the positive because it's so easy to name the positive and then right away and I think because we're on the other side of a lot of it and really quick before we wrap up this I wanted to ask you I know you had mentioned um that we have both decided to um take medication oh yes bipolar and so I know a lot of people do have that question um does medication take that creativity away do you still get those highs um and I think a lot of a lot of people are hesitant to take medication for that reason. So Shaylee, hypomania, pre-medication, post-medication, have you noticed a difference? Yeah. So I, yes. And I've experienced, so I still get, in fact, I think it was last year, I I actually got almost a a one that used to be pre-medication, but definitely. am I still creative? Yes. Uh, do I do, you know, big things hundred percent that other event I did was met was medicated. Um, but I think I don't believe in myself as much. And I think that's why now I surround myself with mm-hmm. the team also to keep me in check, but yeah. I don't, um, it, the sky isn't the limit because I'm actually aware of, of other things and factors. And so, uh, uh, you know, I miss that just abandon. Um, also I would, uh, it was like, you know, that book, if you give a mouse a cookie, then they want a glass of milk, then they wanted it. When a pre-medication, like say I would change one thing in my house, I would see every single thing wrong with it and it all needed to fix. Or like, even when we were potter training our daughter, I made such an elaborate it was beautiful. Like, um, I bet it was body training, like, uh, steps she could do with stickers and all this, but I made everything like complicated that we do this and this and this, and I make systems that I, I can't keep up. 
right? And I look around uh, and I, yeah, it's if you give Shaylee a paintbrush, she will paint this room, if you, you know, which will mean then she'll have to get a new da -da 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 curtains. Yep. And, all I, of that things. That. I don't, I'm able to um, rein that in a little bit. I'm also able to, um, uh, I'll talk about my memory in the next episode, but do things in more of a sequential order. Um, but I, do I miss parts of it? Yeah, I don't, like I, I am a night owl, which I used to be able to be and an early morning person. Like, I don't get up with that, like, I can still get up early, but not like before where I was up when no one was up and I had the ideas. Um, yeah. It, and just uh, not all the things. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, and so then I, I do do them well, but I think it is different. And that's why, I mean, I was having a conversation with someone um, online that was trying to understand but they're just like rolled their eyes like oh they went off their medication or mm -hmm. you know oh, they're playing with their medication like what an idiot ish kind of voice and it was like you don't get it you don't get how uh, beautiful that feels especially if you've just come out of a depression yeah. right like even feeling an ounce of that I haven't done it but I have thought about it I have, I have thought about like, maybe just like, and luckily I have my people around me to be like, you know, Don't maybe I could just, and then get this project done really fast. Maybe I could. And so I hope that if there's people in your life that have gone off and on medication, I mean, yes, encourage them not to, but try and understand mm -hmm. why, right? Try, try to understand it isn't it sometimes it's a lot of things we do don't feel like a choice right and so yeah how about you for me I definitely and it's so tough to say um what how much of this is a result of being on medication versus yeah. being older and more self-aware and you know learning coping mechanisms um but I definitely think that I looking back I think I had more hypomanic episodes before I went on medication which is actually a reason I was really hesitant to get on it I was afraid it was going to take away my creativity I'm happy to report that my books have come after I you know got on medication and I've also been a part of some um really fun projects and events um after being on medication so the creativity is still there um and I think but I think a lot of I haven't had very many bursts lately but um I think I've had a lot of other things going on in my life and so I think that's a factor too when you're when your focus is either on your kids you know and Shaylee and I are both married and have children so I think if maybe I was single living in Paris in an apartment with a paintbrush, maybe I would have had more time or space for that creativity. But overall, medication has not taken away my creativity. Um, I think if anything, it's uh, helped me to be more self-aware. And in so many areas of my life, I kind of liken my medication um, to being like an emergency braking system. So whether that's for outbursts or you know some of my behavior or even my creativity mm -hmm. um it's just sort of helped me to just taper it down a little but it didn't take it away and I know for some people I have heard that it, it has you know really affected their creativity or 
hypomanic episodes. Um, but for me, not so much. And, you know, I desperately hope that I get another burst yeah. soon. And that, you know, I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I am perfect or, you know, perfectly self-aware that I don't struggle. Yeah. And there's always a risk of me, you know, going off the rails. Um, but I definitely hope for that creativity and another burst of rocket fuel. And hopefully with some of the tools that I've got now, um, I'll be able to harness it for good and keep hypomania um, as a positive thing. But dum dum dum. Yeah, we definitely and, and um, you know, we for those of you that don't know the backstory, we put this together in like a month and you show up every month. Yeah. And you, we're, you know, and it's, and it's constant. And um, I'm so grateful for that. And I honestly think that if I wasn't on medication, um, I might've made this into something else or, you know what I mean? But I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I would have never liked a constant thing. And now I appreciate a bit of routine and constantness. Yes. So constantness, I think I may have just made up a word, but let's go with it. <laughs> We'll take I it. love, I put um, an image, a reposted image on our social media um, that said that um, mania can feel like sunshine on a rainy day. Again, I know we've given this so much, but I really don't want to upset people where that have zero good experiences with mania. We're just telling our story. Yeah. Okay. But I really wanted to read some because some of these descriptions um, were so well and some, uh, um, I don't know for sure if exactly if bipolar one or bipolar two is in play, but um, we have an amazing community online. Um, yeah, join us on Instagram. There's some really beautiful conversations and some brave people coming forward and sharing. So in that post, I said, what does it feel like for you? So some people said, um, like no one is on my level and I can do no wrong. Alive again, then scared, then alive. Um, I'm, I think I'm a very important person and I can help all people. We know that one. Um, and then I feel great and very creative. My mind is filled with images and stories. I write all night long and I don't feel tired. I'm very solar. Alive again. Um, yeah, if you, yeah, I'm gonna tell about that one. It's pure energy, heart and brain. And then like we said, until it gets overwhelming, nothing can stop me. You know, I can stay up all night and then I have mixed features. So there's that one, but I'm trying to find one. Oh, like I drank every bit of caffeine I could get my hands on, right? And yep. then I'm trying to feel, oh, this one. I was like, this describes things. Um, it says, like I know a secret that the rest of the world wishes they knew. Isn't that cool? Yeah, every single one of those responses resonate with me. And I think it's so great that people are willing to share and that we can come together and share our experiences and know that number one, we're not alone. Um, I, I think it's beautiful, fascinating. I love, I love hearing all of those responses. Yeah, yeah, so thank you. You're someone that's listening, yeah. that shared. And so, um, yeah, this is the beautiful side of mania and this is bipolar this is bipolar <laughs>